All right, so welcome in, listeners, to the latest Studio 1400 podcast. I'm your host, Michael Wilson, and today, we're going to school. That's right, we're going to get our learn on about what the Affleck Tips program is with one of our supplier partner resident experts, Dean Rubick. Welcome, Dean. Welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate joining today. Absolutely, absolutely. So welcome in, and, and thanks for coming. Um, Professor Dean, we'll call you today. So, yeah, over the next 30 minute, minutes, you're going to— um, you're going to have an honorary doctorate in helping our members make money from uh, Afflink University. How's that? So congrats. Hey, da, 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 da. I got the uh, uh, cap and gown on. Nice. <laughs> Perfect. Um, all right. Well, well again, thanks. Uh, before we hop in, Dean, I want to take a quick second and, and really set the stage, give a, a brief recap of just what TIPS is so that our listeners that aren't familiar with that process and that program, um, you know, don't think – you and I are here today just to hand out random advice on picking stocks or, you know, how to, how to explore Europe on $5 a day. Um, th- those actually come at the end of this podcast. So listeners, you got to stay tuned to the end. Um, no, the tips, tips that we're talking about here is, is really about accessing the cooperative contract that we have through the interlocal purchasing system. So um, we'll talk a little bit about that. Well, I guess you could say, Dean, that we're, wait for it giving tips on tips. Mm-hmm, that's right. Love it. Nice. I love it. <laughs> uh, so real quick, tips is a, for all lack of an, a, a better term, my definition, and you can correct me where I'm wrong, Dean, is really a national purchasing cooperative that offers uh, state, local education facilities, the ability to get at uh, negotiated purchasing contracts to its members without necessarily having to go through that lengthy, uh, arduous bid process. Fair? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and the one other, um, in addition to that uh, key component is that the contract uh, that Affling, for example, has been awarded is through um, is competitively solicited and awarded. So it meets the local and state uh, re- you know regulations on procurement. Um, so again, that's to your to the point you made. Um, kind of alleviates the need of having the end user client, uh, whether it's a school or university, uh, city government, having to do their own bid, which which can be time consuming. Right. So so let's take that a little further. So explaining just sort of from an umbrella standpoint, what is a, a cooperative procurement and, and sort of lay out that scenario in the market uh, today, if you will. Yeah. So um, cooperative procurement really, again, um, you know, in lieu of conducting their own RFP process, which there's actually been quite a few studies out there on on really the cost of that. And it's amazing how much the cost can add up just from a labor standpoint and and all the different inputs of the cost for conducting a bid on your own. Uh, So in lieu of doing that, the end user um, participates in, in, in a co-op program such as TIPS, the, the Interlocal Purchasing System. And TIPS has an assortment and array of different contracts, um, you know, on different types, categories of products. Right. Um, so they can really purchase across many different, you know, from technology facilities, is, you know, what we're, you know, mainly focused on, uh, you know, all sorts of automotive, uh, all sorts of equipment and different things like that. Yeah, I think we are, uh, Aflink is on the food service, and uh, I don't know the, the correct term, but Jansen, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So we, we were awarded that uh, TIPS contract uh, in 2016, I believe, through that competitive bid process with, with GP and some other of our, our uh, preferred suppliers. Um, 
who supported us so that our members could service these type of accounts. So how, how does an Athlink member really do that? So how do they sell that value of uh, access to that cooperative procurement yeah. arm like tips? Yeah, and really, you know, a lot of it is kind of having that conversation as, as you're engaging with the customer, you know, asking what their what co-op um, contracts they're currently utilizing today. Uh, and, you know, more than likely, you know, the vast majority of the end users that I've um, connected with, you know, most of them, if they're eligible and able to utilize the co-op contract, they typically see the value in that. So, you know, bringing that into the dialogue as part of the conversation as you're, uh, you know, building the relationship with the end user, making sure that they're aware that that you're able to offer them, you know, the products, the food service, uh, restroom, janitorial products uh, through a co-op contract that, that, that's been um, competitively solicited and awarded to Athlink. Um, and again, just really kind of bundling that as part of your overall sales proposition. You know, you think about the value proposition of the the products themselves, but then also from a procurement standpoint, it's the how. How can a, how can the end user purchase the products and, and really, you know, taking a channel of the co-op contract is what you try to recommend. Right. And so how, that's a good segue. So how or who better is a good prospect for, um, a tips contract. If I'm a if I'm a DSR out there, uh, you know, beating the streets. How do I know uh, where to go or to spend my time where this might be applicable? Yeah, think about it. Um, you know, in a couple different ways to think about. Uh, but in general, tax supported entities. Um, okay. With the, you know, so like state and local government agencies, um, colleges and universities, public and private, uh, K through 12 school districts. Um, you know, there's also nonprofits. So, so those sort of end users would be the those that would be able to participate in the program. And you know, there's there's ones that are already end users who are already signed up and members of the tips tips co-op program. But then there's also all of those other eligible end users that aren't signed up yet, but you can help them through that process to sign up, um, you know, and, and then they would at that point be able to uh, participate and leverage the co-op contract that Athlink's been awarded through TIF. Yeah, so y- you hear a lot about that sort of quote-unquote membership in these co-ops, meaning uh, that that user, right, has to, whether that's a uh, school or, or uh, the post office locally, what have you, meaning that they have to be a member of that uh, that co-op like tips to to access that pricing. Explain a little bit about to the listeners what that means and sort of that process for, you know, signing up a potential customer and why that's important, really. Yeah. So, um, you know, based and it's a pretty straightforward process. It's not like when you uh, for, to think about like signing up and having some sort of a. There's really not a commitment um, to purchase through the co-op program for the end user. Uh, there's not a fee or anything of that nature. So it's a pretty kind of low barrier to access, if you will, uh, for the end user themselves, um, but really a lot of return opportunity for them and the benefits of the co-op contract. But um, they can actually facilitate signing up right through the TIPS co-op website, okay. uh, and they just have to provide certain pieces of information, pretty basic, and you know, address, name, of, name contact, et cetera. Uh, that sort of information, and then that will get submitted to the TIPS 
uh, folks, and they will get that process to add them, the end user, to the membership. And then they can just order from, order directly from, um, or have access to to the to our contract once they sign up for that. That's right. Yeah. And I guess in in that regards, it's really just the government keeping tabs on who's on who's signing mm-hmm. up and using it. I mm-hmm. would presume. Yeah. Yeah, just to uh, make sure that they're yeah signed up for the the program, and and then uh, and and then like you said, at that point, they're able to to start purchasing off of your contract. Is there any benefit, or is it possible for a user to be a part or a member, if you will, of multiple national co-ops, or is it really just they have to pick one? No, they. In fact, we see it quite frequently where you know an end user could be a member of a, a half a different, uh, half a dozen different uh, co-op programs. So, like, you know, they might be buying through one co-op program for technology, but then the person who who does the procurement for facilities might be using a different co-op contract, or they might like a, a certain you know, contract through one co-op program better than another. So we often see that the end users are, are you know, members of more than one, which is perfectly fine. Gotcha. Uh, they can, they can you know, do that and choose which ones that they want to purchase from. Perfect. So in, how long have you been um, sort of handling or, or um, working with co-ops out there, tips uh, with GP? What's your background a little bit? Yeah, so uh, I actually started with GP working um, with our GP Express team, which is a team of support uh, folks who deal with uh, if a customer calls in and they're having an issue with maybe a dispenser is malfunctioning, kind of troubleshoot and work with them to to uh, to get uh, get that re- resolved, either shipping out a new dispenser, et cetera. So I, I did that for about a year and a half, and that uh, and then I moved to Atlanta and started working on our virtual. Uh, national accounts team, and uh, and that's when I really started um, calling on a lot of the the co-op and public sector customers. And then about four years ago, moved to our field national account sales team, and I still retain the uh, responsibility for a lot of the uh, the public sector uh, co-op national accounts and and federal government space. So that's just yeah, kind of a little bit of a background sure. and. I tell you, I, I moved from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and I'm loving the winters here in Atlanta. <laughs> much better. I bet. Not as I much bet. snow. <laughs> Just a little more rain these days, but uh, yeah, I'll take it. gosh, crazy. So you've been out on the street then. So talk a little bit about then what what are these guys facing that our distributor reps should should be considering? So you know, as they do their homework before they go in and, and call on these guys, what um, you know, what are some some hot-button issues or things that yeah. they would probably be, need to be made aware of. Yeah. So, well, and I mentioned earlier about, you know, incorporating the co-op, that the conversation of, of co-op contract utilization to get that dialogue with the customer. So the research and all of the trends indicate more and more accelerated rates of adoption of utilization of co-op contracts at the end-user level. Uh, declining number of where they're actually putting out a formal RFP themselves, the end user. So that's that's one of the you know the key things to be aware of. The uh, the other a couple other areas, and and this is where you can kind of sell the the uh, the benefits of some of the products that we offer. Labor efficiency um, is another huge. Uh, how they can you know make their folks more productive or efficient. Um, is a huge thing. So when you think about like high capacity 
for example, paper towel dispensers, if they can extend the length of time between having to refill the dispensers, that's helpful from a labor efficiency standpoint. But then also on the procurement staff side, when we had the recession in 2008, they took a huge hit in the number of the headcount levels on, on most um, procurement teams. And they've never really recovered or, you know, rehired to those levels. So that has um, meant that those who remain are having to do more, you know, more, more work to get the job done. And that's where, again, you know, when you think about the benefits of utilizing the co-op contract, these folks, um, it's a lot less work if they can just piggyback off of this co-op contract rather than having to go through the entire bid process, which can take a long time. So the labor efficiencies, staffing levels, that's another large, um, you know, trend that insight that we're seeing from the market. And then the other thing, and this is pretty broad across most vertical segments, but sustainability and environmental in initiatives. So just looking at how they can reduce their impact on the environment and uh, you know, be more, help to reduce waste, uh, the amount of waste that's going in the landfill. So that's where a lot of our, you know, dispensing systems that help to reduce the amount of consumption can can have an impact on that. Some of the natural brown towels versus a bleached white towel, uh, you know, different things like that. But we're seeing, you know, more and more like with universities, they'll even have student coalitions that are focusing on sustainability and, and you know, having really a voice in, in the, ultimately in the decisions. So, uh, you know, as I said, with universities, uh, state and local governments, this is also a huge topic and consideration. So I would say those are, you know, um, and then I think finally the, the technology, um, you know, is impacting the, as, as technology continues to develop and uh, on procurement and um, just technology across the board is the other big uh, impacting factor here as well. So I would say those are some of the key things that, you know, think about and think about how you can incorporate that into your messaging as you're calling on a customer. Sure. So you just dropped a lot of knowledge on us there, Professor. But uh, so <laughs> how does um, how does a distributor like an Athlink member What's the connectivity with you guys in the field? Is there any sort of overlap there? Um, you seem to be an expert yeah. as it relates to, you know, the, the towel and the tissues, obviously. Um, how do they tap into that, uh, being a partner of Afflink and, and GP? Yeah, so um, we have a couple. Uh, we have a individual that um, is aligned with each of the members, uh, each of your uh, Afflink members, uh, customer development leader is the, the title of that individual, and, mm -hmm. and they can really be there to help um, as there's an opportunity or there's a need for maybe a, a site visit, uh, you know, with a client or, you know, product recommendations, samples, different things like that, um, that, uh, that customer development leader who's aligned um, with your member would be the, the first point of contact that I would recommend engaging. Okay. And, um, of course, I'm always happy to help with questions, too, and um, kind of talk through a, if it's a particular opportunity or something and, you know, weigh in with my recommendations as well. But definitely leverage the customer development leader that you're that's assigned to, to, uh, to you, and they'll be a great resource and help in uh, working through various opportunities. Awesome. Awesome. Good deal. 
Uh, so today we've got um, uh, uh, probably a couple million dollars running through this uh, account today. Uh, we're obviously promoting that and, and, and driving more uh, to that. Uh, but some members have come back and said, hey, you know, I hear you. That seems too good to be true. How do you how do you respond to, to that, to these guys who are, I don't know, skeptical, I guess, of, of the ease of going away from that bid process and, and moving toward this, this national piggyback, if you will? Yeah, I would just say, um, you know, we've really seen the, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I've been in this space um, for about five years, and we just continue to see year over year the um, increased and accelerated adoption and, and really the, the, the customer driving that, right? It's, mm-hmm. You know, that's their, their demand, you know, their, their uh, preferred approach to procurement is really um, you know, with the co-op, uh, co-op platforms and contracts. And again, because of some of the things we mentioned and how it can help them be more efficient. Um, but yeah, I would, I would definitely say just, you know, the trends, you know, the numbers kind of speak for themselves, if you will, the, the growth that we're seeing year over year. And, um, so we, and, and really, you know, when you think about, um, we talked about the bid process, the traditional bid process, you know, can take from weeks, uh, you know, in a pre- pretty basic or months, really, because then, you know, sometimes there's protests after awards are made. So the other key thing that we see as a benefit uh, for sellers out there is that, you know, because these contracts are already solicited and awarded and all of the products are included in part of that contract, um, it can really help you speed the, the, the sale up in the win, you know, move it to a win faster. Um, so we feel like that's another great benefit to be able to, to get that customer um, and be able to help them purchase the products on a, you know, faster time frame. Absolutely. Everybody enjoys that. So, uh, speaking a little bit to that, what do you see as sort of the, the future looking into your crystal ball with tips, uh, but but really cooperatives in particular? Um, I don't see that going away. Just curious to, to get your take on that. Yeah. So, no, I and I think any, um, you know, there's a couple agencies out there that do surveys of, uh, you know, public procurement professionals. And, um, you know, I think we just everything points in the direction of um, continued adoption and, and growth in the utilization of co-op contracts, reduc- continued reduction in the number and quantity of bids that are put out by public agencies. The other thing is, um, if you think about the types of categories, product categories that have historically been purchased through co-ops, it was, you know, a lot of, you know, some of the, like, the janitorial, the food service, some of the technology, but you're starting to see more and more where they're getting to some of the comp- more complex types of things like um, you know, consulting services oh, wow. and architectural services, where it's really, again, it's just mainstream now. It's not just certain categories where, where it's seen as easier to be able to uh, purchase off of a co-op contract. It's really mainstream across a really broad assortment of categories and products and services yeah so i guess the main tip would be hey if you're not uh if you're not in this market yet you ought to look at it uh for sure yeah yeah exactly i think you know you're really leaving leaving an opportunity on the table uh and again you know because the other thing too with with um you know with the bids i think one of the trends that we see is a lot of the um when it when a when a customer does a bid it seems like in a lot of cases, that 
product that ends up being awarded is, is a universal type mm-hmm. product, which sometimes is a less profitable product across, you know, for, for us and for uh, you all. And, um, you know, in general, if we can frame up the controlled or proprietary type of system, leveraged co-op contract and the pricing that we're offering, um, that helps it to be more of a lucrative, profitable um, you know, deals kind of all, all the way around too. So um, I think that's another way that you can think about trying to differentiate yourself from just, you know, responding to a bid with a universal product. And the other thing is um, just understanding the sales cycle and kind of some of the key times right now is a really great time to be getting in with, with like schools and universities because they're making their decisions for what they would um, switch to for the next school year. And then if it involves a dispenser change out, they typically would um, do that installation over the summer months where um, there's fewer students on, on campus in general. Right on. So athlete and members now's the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so members listening in, you heard it here. Um, now's the time. You can actually find some, some good resources that we have uh, put together on Athlink.com, just log in, uh, things like, you know, the contract details with tips. We've got uh, sort of a, a launch checklist, uh, some sales tools, how to sell the value, uh, things that uh, that Dean sort of has, re- has referenced here uh, for you online. They're under the strategic account section of the site, so just uh, pop on there. Um, when you get a chance, obviously, if you have any questions, uh, you can reach out to us or your um, your GP um, leader, as, as Dean pointed out. So, um, uh, thanks again, Dean. I appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you, Michael. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to join, and I appreciate the uh, the uh, temporary uh, doctoral degree. Absolutely, you can <laughs> you can leave your cap and gown at the door on your way out. But uh, <laughs> hey, I don't have a stock tip, but I do have a really terrible dad joke about investing. If you want to hear it before we go, yes, I'd love to. All right, perfect. Guy asks his buddy, uh, "How'd the markets do today?" And the other guy answers, "Well." Helium was up, feathers were down, and paper was stationary. <laughs> and with that, nice. uh, good night, folks. Thanks for listening in. I'll see you again soon. Appreciate it, Dean, and have a have a good one, man. Thanks, everyone. Have a great one. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.